Hi, welcome to the first part of my This Week in Tudor History for the week beginning the 1st of March. I'm going to be introducing you to Thomas Tresham, Grand Prior of the Order of St. John of Jerusalem, and Anne of Denmark, James I's Queen Consort, as well as talking about another unhappy marriage for Margaret Tudor and the birth of Mary Boleyn's son. Starting with the 1st of March and taking you back to the 1st of March 1559 in the reign of Queen Elizabeth I. Catholic politician and landowner Sir Thomas Tresham died at Rushton in Northamptonshire. He was buried at St Peter's Church in Rushton. Tresham was a leading politician in the reigns of King Henry VIII and Queen Mary I and he's an interesting Tudor chap. Let me tell you a bit more about him. Thomas Tresham was the only son of John Tresham of Rushton Hall in Northamptonshire, a member of the Northamptonshire gentry. It's not clear who Thomas's mother was, but she died when Thomas was young and his father married Isabel Harrington, daughter of Sir James Harrington of Hornby in Lancashire. Thomas's grandfather, also named Thomas, served Henry VI as controller of the household, fought at several battles in the Wars of the Roses on the side of Margaret of Anjou, and was executed as a traitor by beheading following the Yorkist victory at the Battle of Tewkesbury. He was attainted and his property forfeited, but King Henry VII reversed this following his accession in 1485, so that his son, John, our Thomas's father, could inherit. Thomas was married twice, first to Anne Parr, daughter of William Lord Parr, with whom he had three sons and a daughter, and then after Anne's death to Lettice Peniston, daughter of Sir Thomas Peniston and widow of Sir Robert Knowles and Sir Robert Lee. They didn't have any children together. Thomas served Henry VIII as an esquire of the body and was knighted in 1524, but he preferred to stay away from court, focusing on his service as Justice of the Peace and Sheriff in Northamptonshire and serving on several commissions there. He also served in Parliament as a Knight of the Shire in 1539 and 1542. He did, however, help suppress the Pilgrimage of Grace Rebellion in 1536 and served in the King's French Campaign in 1544. His Catholic faith prevented him from serving in Parliament during King Edward VI's reign, but he did help suppress Ket's Rebellion in 1549. When Edward VI died in 1553, Tresham supported Princess Mary's claim and proclaimed her Queen Mary I in Northampton. In Mary's reign, he once again served as a Member of Parliament and Knight of the Shire, as well as Sheriff. In 1557, following the restoration of the Grand Priory of the Order of St John of Jerusalem in England, Thomas was appointed Grand Prior. The Order of Knights of the Hospital of St John of Jerusalem was a religious military order that had been founded in Jerusalem in the 11th century with the aim of caring for the sick and defending the Crusader kingdom. The English Priory had been dissolved in England in 1540 
during King Henry VIII's dissolution of the monasteries, but it was restored in Mary I's reign. Elizabeth I came to the throne in November 1558, and one of Tresham's servants reported that Thomas was intending to secretly celebrate the Catholic Mass. Before Thomas could get into any trouble, he died at his home at Rushton. As his sons were all dead, the heir of his Northamptonshire estates was his grandson, also called Thomas. The 1st of March is also the Feast of St David, patron saint of Wales, hence the daffodils I have here. I'm half Welsh, you see. So I'm going to give you a link in the description to find out about the feast day in Tudor times. Uh, It's a video that Teasel and I did together, so I hope you enjoy that. Moving on to the 2nd of March. On the 2nd of March, 1619, in the reign of King James I, 44-year-old Anne of Denmark died of dropsy and consumption. Why am I talking about an event that happened in the Stuart period? Well, because Anne was King James's consort from 1589, when he was King of Scotland, King James VI, to her death when he'd become King of England too. Anne, who was the second daughter of the late King Frederick II of Denmark and his wife, Queen Sophia, and sister of King Christian IV of Denmark, had married James in a proxy wedding in Denmark in August 1589. And I'll give you a link to my talk on that. And then in another ceremony with James present in Norway in that November. Following their marriage, Anne suffered a number of miscarriages and gave birth to seven live children. Unfortunately, only three of them survived childhood. Henry, Prince of Wales, Elizabeth and Charles, the future Charles I. Henry, Prince of Wales, may have survived childhood, but he died suddenly aged 18. Anne began to have problems with her health from 1611, when her Chamberlain, Viscount Lyle, recorded that she was suffering from lameness. Sir Theodore de Mayen, the royal physician, recorded in 1612 that she was suffering from an ulcerated leg and gout and plagued by abnormal menstruation, constant bleeding. She went to Bath in 1613 and 1615 to take the waters, but by spring 1615 was also suffering from dropsy, the swelling of soft tissues due to the build-up of water. On the 2nd of March 1619, she died at Hampton Court Palace, a place she'd been too unwell to leave since the previous September. Her son Charles was with her when she died. According to her biographers Maureen M. Michael and Helen Payne, her entrails were buried at Westminster Abbey on the 5th of March and her body lay in state at Denmark House from the 9th of March to the 13th of May when she was laid to rest at the Abbey in Henry VII's Lady Chapel. Her funeral was similar in size and splendour to that of Queen Elizabeth I, and Anne's funeral effigy can be seen in Westminster Abbey's collection today. Well, when we haven't got a pandemic on. The Historic Royal Palaces website says of Anne, she was not afraid to challenge her husband, and manipulated political factions to achieve her own ends. 
Once in England, she threw her energy into patronage of the arts, creating a cultural salon that attracted leading painters, writers and thinkers. It goes on to explain that by Anne's death, she and James had not shared a household in 10 years and that his paranoia regarding illness and death kept him from visiting her and offering her comfort in her final days. Sad. At least she had her son Charles with her, a man who would, of course, become king in 1625. Our next event also concerns a Queen of Scotland. On the 3rd of March, 1528, in the reign of King Henry VIII, Margaret Tudor, sister of Henry VIII and widow of King James IV of Scotland, married for a third time. The groom was Henry Stuart. Margaret's marriage to her second husband, Archibald Douglas, 6th Earl of Angus, had been annulled in 1527, after she'd found out that Angus had moved in with a former lover, while Margaret had been in England at her brother Henry VIII's court. Rather ironically, Henry VIII had opposed Margaret's wish for an annulment. Sadly, Margaret's marriage to Henry Stuart, who was made Lord Mevan a few months after their marriage, was not happy for long. Margaret had managed to pick another unfaithful husband. So she fought for a divorce, as she had with her second husband, but was not supported by her son, King James V. Margaret was later able to reconcile with Mevan and she died at Mevan Castle of a stroke on the 18th of October 1541, just over a month before her 52nd birthday. I'll give you links to some other videos that I've done on Margaret. And finally, the 4th of March. On the 4th of March 1526, in the reign of King Henry VIII, Courtier and administrator Henry Carey, 1st Baron Hunsdon, was born. Hunsdon was the only son of Mary Boleyn and her first husband, William Carey, Esquire of the Body to King Henry VIII. There is controversy over his paternity due to Mary Boleyn having a sexual relationship with Henry VIII at some point. But the majority of historians believe that Henry, Mary's second child, was fathered by Carey. Personally, I think that both Catherine, born in around 1524, and Henry were Carey's children. We don't know when Mary slept with the king, and to me it makes more sense that he slept with her while his mistress Elizabeth, or Bessie Blunt, was pregnant in 1519. That would make sense with the king supporting Mary's match with Carey, who was a member of his privy chamber. The king arranged a good match for Bessie Blunt when he'd finished with her too, so that just makes sense to me. I'll give you a link to my previous video on Henry Carey, Baron Hunsdon, which gives details of his background and his rise to prominence at Elizabeth I's court. In the second part of this week in Tudor history... I'll be introducing you to a mathematician as well as a man known as Call Me Risley in Hilary Mantel's novels and a bishop's nephew who was executed as a scapegoat. 
thank you for listening to this podcast. I do hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to subscribe so that you can enjoy podcasts on a daily basis. Thank you.